Today on Season 3, Episode 43 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, with less than a week to go before the Packers submit their final 53-man roster, Bryce, Ken, Jeremiah, and I bring you ours. That's right, Jeremiah Wayman is back with a special edition of the UPP. We offer up some no-brainers, some shockers, some question marks, and more. How do our final lists differ from those in our pre-53 episode? Do we all see eye-to-eye in our picks? Does the special teams group get any love? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for 53 on tap. This is Green Bay. Green Bay. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go back, go! Running isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. This is Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for You Called It, our 53-man roster prediction, our fourth annual, but our first ever with the four members of the Unknown Packers podcast. I got myself, Nebels, Ken Ingles. And our original co-founder, graphic designer, and contributor, my other brother from another mother, the original brother from another mother, Jeremiah Wayman in the building, and we are going to kick off 53 on tap. Nebels will be moderating first half offense, second half defense, and special teams, and brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because we're about to talk Packers 53-man roster predictions. The cutdown is Saturday, September 5th. 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. All 32 teams have to be cut down from 80 to 53. And you heard it here first, our own unveiling of the 53-man roster prediction. And I am passing it over to our moderator, Nebels. Take it away with the QB position. All right. What's up, fellas? Yeah, just really quick. We're going to do this a little bit differently than uh, the last time we did our initial 53 roster prediction. We're not going to have everybody read over their entire lists. We're going to have one of us each go down a position group, and then we can just kind of talk through our differences if there are any. I just want to kind of keep this moving. We don't need a four-hour final 53-man show here. So with that being said, I will, like Bryce said, I'll go start with the QB group. Pretty cut and dry here. I have Rodgers, Boyle, and Love. Yeah, same. What about you guys? Ken, Jer? No surprises there for me. I guess the, the surprise would be that, you know, that we had three, and then I think initially people were excited about Maybe getting Boyle out of there and Love would be the number two guy, but it doesn't seem like that'll be the case. Nope. Yeah, it doesn't seem like like Love is quite ready yet. It seems like he is progressing a little bit, but I think he's in the perfect position. You know, I, I think sitting behind Rodgers and Boyle for a year, maybe taking over that number two spot next year. I think that's he's in a good spot to be. Yeah. I don't want to hear Jordan Love's name again until, you know, March. You know, let's wrap <laughs> him up in, bu- in bubble paper and... You know, hopefully we don't need to see Boyle. Hopefully we don't need to see Love. Hopefully we don't need to see anyone past that because then the season's really off the rails. But yeah, pack them up, let them develop, let them learn, and let's start the conversation next year with Jordan Love. So no using Jordan Love as the uh, Taysom Hill of the oh, Packers? no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Already. Already into, <laughs> into the episode, we got our first Taysom Hill reference. 
All right, moving on. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to cover the running back, fullback group next. Jeremiah, why don't you go ahead and give us your list? Sure. Um, another one that's I don't think holds a lot of surprises, especially if we're just sticking to a pure running backs. You got Aaron Jones. I got Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and then uh, Schwervin Irvin bringing up the rear. Um, yeah, I think pretty self-explanatory there. Definitely. Bryce? And I've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, and Swervin Irvin. If we add fullback to this position, I do have John Lovett making this roster. So if we round that out, four plus one equals five. I think Lovett is my most intriguing player. I think that there's a lot, obviously, that we haven't seen. The Packers haven't seen Lafleur in his Sunday press conference sort of mentioned that he wants to see more what Lovett can do in real game type situations. So I don't know if that's a little bit of a harbinger, but talking about Taysom Hill, Lovett can be that guy. He played quarterback at Princeton. I think he can be that Swiss Army knife on top of having Swerve and Irvin. He's super intriguing and he's just not this fullback type of guy. So if we're rounding out the RBs and fullbacks, I've got five. Ken, you have anything to add to that? No, no. I, I've got those same four. I originally had Lovett on my pre-53 man. He does not make the cut this time around. And I don't know if I classified him as a running back or as, you know, in that tight end H-back group last time, but he is... He's not on my list. You know, he's right now my number 54, 55 guy. Hard to keep him off, but hard to, you know, for me also hard to keep him on. I think he's one of those guys that he could really make the decision-making difficult for Green Bay, especially, you know, what Bryce was talking about, that Swiss Army Knife type player, Taysom Hill-esque. But for right now, doesn't make it. Yeah, I pretty much have the same as you guys. The only difference I have, and it could just be a technicality, is with the swerve. Since they were practicing him with the receiver group a lot, right. I don't know if he makes it as a running back or if he's, you know, if he makes it as a receiver. So I have him making the 53 man. It just, as of right now, I don't know how he's going to be classified for all intents and purposes. Since I had him as a running back the first time around, I left him in the running back group this time around as well. All right, moving on to one of my favorite groups. Ken, why don't you go ahead and go through the tight ends H-backs group for us? All right. Right now, I'm thinking they keep four names Come Saturday, got Mercedes Lewis, Big Dog, Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanyan, who I did not have making it the first time around, and then Josiah DeGuara. Interesting, it, you know, it seems like there's not been a lot of buzz about Mr. Sternberger, but again, tight end is one of those positions where it can take two, three years to really make that transition from the college game to the, to the pro level. And it sounds like Mr. Big Bob Tanyan is been getting a lot of action with the first team, you know, as mm -hmm. much as we can glean because the reporters, I have been muzzled a little bit with how many details <laughs> they can get with, you know, first string, second string, but all signs point to Big Bob maybe being that pass catching number one tight end with maybe Mercedes Lewis being that one B with more of the, the run blocking style tight end. Gotcha. What about you, Jer? Yeah, I was going to say I got the same four, but uh, it seems like to me, at least coming out of camp and practices and whatnot, it seems like Mercedes Lewis has been one of the most talked about, which is hilarious considering, he, what is he, 35, you know, 35, should yeah. be entering the twilight of his career, but it seems like he's, uh, you know, sipping the fountain of youth or something up there in Green Bay. So uh, I, I'm excited to see kind of all four of them top to bottom. Bryce? Yeah, I've got all four. Uh, Sternberger's had a real quiet camp. I mean, think about it. Last year was a red shirt. He got concussion in those joint practices in Houston. And then you got to see the, uh, some flashes, uh, notably in that NFC championship game where he scored a touchdown in that fourth quarter. You got Josiah DeGara, third round draft pick out of Cincinnati, a guy that 
a lot of people have been raving about and what he can do to this type of offense. The Sycamore, Big Bob Tanyan, he's not going to be that guy that's the 52nd or 53rd man that makes this team. He's been playing with the ones, and man, he practices, or I should say he works out with George Kittle of the 49ers and seems like his mindset is really about contributing to the Green Bay Packers. And then, like Jer said, the fountain of youth, uh, Mercedes Lewis, right. he's going to be a big piece, a big cog for this offensive line. He's going to fortify that offensive line because of his uh, blocking prowess. I'm excited about this tight end position group, and I would like to think that Lafleur thinks the same way. Definitely, I really don't have anything to add. The only thing is, um, I you know I had Mercedes, I had Jace, I had Josiah, and I actually added Tanyan on. I did not have him on my initial 53. So. Um, like I said, he's had a good good camp so far, so I think he you know he sticks around. It's impossible to keep him off at this point. Yeah, re- no, no kidding, no kidding. Bryce, why don't you go ahead and get us going with the receiver group? And you you guys have been talking about how you left one person on or left one person off and had you know some discrepancies from your pre fifty three to now our fifty three. Sure. Uh, this is where it happens for me with wide receivers. I uh, I have Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marcos Velda Scantling, who's having an incredible camp, and I I, I get I, I should be a little bit more cautious because I was I'm not that high on MVS. I think he is more of a warm weather type of player if you can brand him like that. Uh, just just back in December, seeing him in in games, he just seemed that like the cold affected him. But Ken had mentioned with MVS how if he catches his first pass in preseason. He's going to have a great season. If he drops that first pass, he's going to have a horrible uh, season. And so far, it looks like he just keeps on compounding confidence. And uh, he's been clicking with Aaron Rodgers. I'm excited to see what he can do. I've got EQ as my number four. He was held out on Sunday uh, with an injury coming off last year. I mean, he hasn't played since December of 2018, but... Hard to keep him off. And I've got Jake Kumaro as my five. I think he's got that um, experience in Lafleur's offense, a connection with Rodgers. He provides good depth. And my biggest surprise, um, I had Reggie Bagleton on my pre-53. I do not have them making the 53 this time around, but I have Darius Shepard rounding out the wide receiver group. I think when you look at Sunday's practice where they sort of tried to make it a a game-like situation, uh, Shepard rose to the occasion with Boyle and Love. Um, He's had a a tremendous camp. Gutekunst mentioned with keeping veteran players over younger players or vice versa, it's those who contribute. And I think Shepard, his experience last year, surprising making the 53-man roster. I know he made a bunch of blunders during the season and got released, brought him back onto the practice squad. But I think he shows that he continues to get better. Lafleur speaks volumes of him. But that's my first big surprise is leaving Begleton out and putting Shepard in as my sixth wideout. Wow. How about you, Jer? Uh, yeah, from uh, you know Adams, Lazard, EQ, uh, Kumaro, MBS. MBS for me, actually, you know, going into camp, I think based on kind of his blunders, the second half of last year, even early parts of camp, there are questions of what what would he become or what what MBS would kind of show up this year. And he was actually going to be one of my surprise cuts. But then, like Bryce just said, uh, he's had a killer camp. So he's kind of asserted himself as part of that six group, uh, six wide receivers that I was uh, hanging on to. And the, the sixth guy, I, I do like Reggie Bagleton. I think you know, he may not have the experience per se in the Packers system, but he is, uh, I think, a veteran, uh, you know, of the Canadian Football League. 
He has that experience. He's had he's had to shoulder the load as a number one guy. Not that he's going to have to do that in Green Bay, but I think he he holds you know a lot of the kind of intangibles. I would say you know he hasn't he hasn't blown up the tape yet necessarily in camp, but I think he's just kind of the yeoman or you know just does everything well enough to I think get himself that roster spot and be kind of a consistent uh, number six guy. You know that six guy you're not obviously expecting a ton of things out of week in week out, but I think just that guy that could come in if need be uh, in a dire situation. So that's my uh, top six wide receivers. Awesome. Ken? All right. I have them keeping five. Some of the same names are looking at Adams, Lazard, MVS, EQ. And the fifth guy I have, this is a change for me. I said there's no way he's making it, and now I can't find a way to keep him off, and that's Jake Kumaro. In that spot before, I had uh, Malik Turner. Uh, he had like just been signed. And I thought based off of his ability, like actual NFL experience, because everyone below him on the depth chart, he was the only player in the wide receiver room that had any amount of significant NFL playing time at the receiver position. I thought he could have beat out um, Begleton, who was my kind of, you know, decision point. But if they were to keep a sixth, I agree with my man Bryce, with uh, Darius Shepard, both over Turner and Begleton. Just from what he's been able to do in camp, the more you can do special teams, you know, I, I just don't know if we've seen enough from a Bagleton to to stick. Plus, to go off what uh, Nebels mentioned earlier, I have Tyler Irvin as like the de facto number six. You know, I know he's got a running back number. He's probably got the running back designation and he's obviously going to be our number one return man and special teams. But I think he is going to be finding more snaps at the wide receiver position this year than he does at tailback. And so it's hard to find a, a, for me, it's hard to find a room for a six body in the wide receiver room. when you can kind of have Tyler Irvin, who's kind of sharing between the running back and the wide receivers. Yeah. I pretty much echo um, all you guys, Adams, Lazard, MVS, EQ. I had Reggie Bagleton on my initial 53, but then with that interview we had with uh, Rob Namoski, he mm-hmm. said that, you know, he personally didn't see anything that Bagleton did to warrant a, a spot on the 53-man roster. I've been hearing nothing but good things about Kumaro, again, who I originally had off of my 53-man list. So I kind of did a little switcheroo. I swapped out uh, Kumaro for Bagleton. Moving on, Bryce, we're going to go ahead and stick with you here. Why don't you give us uh, your offensive line choices? And just to add, I completely agree with Tyler Irvin. I think he can be at slot guy. I have him listed as a running back, but I totally see him lining up as a wide receiver. So I echo Ken's statements. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. But with the offensive line, here's another uh, little switcheroo for me. Um, Last pre-53, I kept 10. Um, I'm keeping nine this time. And I've got Bakhtiari, Big E, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Billy Turner, Rick Wagner, Lane Taylor, who's having a hell of a camp, Lucas Patrick, John Runyon, who's also having a, an incredible camp, a rookie six-round draft pick. And then I've got Jake Hansen wrapping up, rounding out the, the offensive line. I thought about Alex Light, and if you look at Jason Wildey's predictions that he released on Sunday, he's got Alex Light on there looking good. I just think he's so inconsistent, and I know that Gutekunst talks about him, but I'd much rather see Hansen running in there I think you can get some guys onto the practice squad with Yash Nyman and uh, maybe Stepanek goes on the the IR. But I've got nine 
And uh, just because I think you can fortify the practice squad with some offense alignment. All right, Ken, why don't you go ahead and give us your take? All right, I'm sticking with 10, but a little bit of a switcheroo. So I've got Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, Turner, Wagner, and Taylor kind of as your top six guys. However, I think it I think Lane Taylor wins the right guard job. And I think Billy Turner wins the right tackle job. And Rick Wagner at least starts up as a backup, just kind of coming off injury. That's my guess. But it's hard to see Lane Taylor not in that right guard position at this point. I think he went 12 for 12 in training camp so far on pass rush drills against the big dogs, the Smith brothers, Kenny Clark. Never lost a pass rush rep. Totally fought back after taking a salary pay cut this year, nearly $3 million just to stick around on the team. And I think he earned every bit of it. So I think he's in there and either Billy or Ricky, you know, taking turns at the right tackle, at least to start off. In terms of backup, I got Lucas Patrick, John Runyon, Jake Hansen. And I did include Alex Light. And he, for me, is that number 53 spot on this 53-man roster. And the only, you know, the main reason why I have him on here is, well, there's a few. One, it looks like he has improved from all reports that are out there. Two, the guys playing tackle right now are banged up, and there's real no true tackle backup, you know, on this roster right now that is like healthy. And so I feel like he could, if he is as improved as what everyone is, you know, saying he's looking in camp, you know, you, you almost want to try and give him another shot, but. And then another kind of tricky reason why I have him on here is that there's a new rule that you can have eight offensive linemen active. And if you do on game day, you get an extra active roster spot. So instead of 47 players active, you can have a 48th if it's a eighth offensive lineman. So I think they're going to want more offensive linemen bodies around so that they can have more bodies available for game day. And then it gives John Runyon and Jake Hansen the bottom two, so that would be number nine and ten. Probably a lot of inactive time to really learn and get up to speed. I actually, I'll go, I'll let you go next here, Jared, but yeah, really quick, I had the same exact list as you did, Ken, so um, in my initial 53, yeah, I had Sepeniak making the squad even though he was injured. I just swapped him out for light. Jared, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the only asterisk that I've had compared to, I think everybody here, Ken, uh, Bryce, yourself, Nebels, is I just have this gut, you know, weird thought that, and, and it's not coming from nowhere. I mean, the past couple of years, how many, uh, you know, interior veteran linemen have we just jettisoned, um, you know, right before the season starts? And so I just have this, you know, the the, the Lindsley thing is just a kind of a weird feeling to me. So I think that's where I went with mine was I held him out as a as a cut slash maybe trade. And then uh, it was Deepak, Ooh. Wagner, <laughs> uh, Yash Nyman, just because we need, I mean, like you said it, I think, Ken, you know, the, the tackle spot is pretty light, no pun intended, without Alex Light there. And then to throw in Nyman, who I think is super uber physically talented. Uh, obviously, this offseason has been shortened, but um, yeah. with his physical physical traits, I think he could slide in there. And then I'd have Lucas Patrick as my center, number one. Uh, Lane Taylor, of course, right guard, number one. And then, of course, El- uh, Jenkins as the left guard, number one. But then backing up would be Turner, John Runyon, and uh, Hanson. So... You know, a little wild card, but, uh, you know, whether it happens or not, it's just, I think, the history of the Packers and not really valuing or kind of throwing us a loop with those interior linemen uh, wouldn't surprise me that much. For sure. And uh, I saw on Twitter that uh, Valdir is is calling for the Packers to call him. Anybody see that happening at any point in the season? I don't know. I, I think, like, with Yash Nyman, 
Uh, him being injured, I think it's an opportunity for him to slide into that practice squad and you can fortify other positional groups, which I'll elaborate on in the second half. But I wouldn't mind Jared Valdir, but I think if it would have happened, it would have happened already. Like if sure. it was going to happen, it would have happened already. So I, I think it's odd that part of me thinks that Gutekunst has already moved on. But then again, COVID season injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first person on the speed dial. Right. I think he's a, I think he's a phone call player him like a Tremont Williams if things go bad in the cornerback room I think that's he's in that similar type of vein plus I'd be remiss if I didn't you know bring in my salary cap now I was gonna say I was gonna (laughs) say there's a little there's a little rule that if a veteran player is on the opening day roster and they get cut they're guaranteed their salary for the remainder of the year 100% of it so if you sign them after week one not as much of their salary gets guaranteed if they were if you're a part ways with them midway through. So you've seen that in the past. They play these little week two veteran signings just to, you know, not get themselves into too much guaranteed money. Well, there you have it. We're going to wrap up the first half of 53 on tap. The second half is going to be focusing on the defensive side of the football. We'll be right back. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Here at Sonic Transformation, we believe that every good audio project starts with a good foundation. We want to help you build that foundation. Whether it be through commercial products or things you have around the house, no job is too big or small. We can make your podcast sound the best it can with what you have and a little nudging along the way. No equipment? No problem. Our consultants can help you get set up on your budget and in your space. Do you already have an established podcast, but don't have the time to edit or just wish it sounded better? We can take care of that for you as well. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Again, that's www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. back with the second half of 53 on tap and the second half is focusing on the defensive side of the football and we still have Nebel's moderating he has not screwed it up ladies and gentlemen doing a hell of a job MVP and take it away Nebel's for the defensive line all right we are gonna have Ken kick off the second half here yeah with the defensive line so Ken what do you got? All right. I've got five names on the defensive line. Man, I, I really wanted to figure out a way to keep six, but just couldn't finagle it, couldn't figure it out. But with that said, topped off with the new $70 million man, Kenny Clark. <laughs> got Dean Lowry. Kingsley Kiki, hopefully coming in and stepping up in his second year. See what he can do um, to help <laughs> help stop the run, hopefully a little bit better than what we've seen in the past. Trayvon Hester, the new addition. I think the only unrestricted free agent I have making this team. And then the uh, the last man, uh, Tyler Lancaster, rounding it out. Which means uh, Montrevious Adams would be the low man on the totem pole, not quite making it into this into this group this year. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Jared, what about you? Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm surprised there. I guess Kenny Clark, of course, Dean Lowry, Kingsley, I did have Montrevious Adams in there and Tyler Lancaster. So Ken, just, I'm just curious, you know, I maybe haven't paid as much attention to camp, but uh, what what are your thoughts? I want to hear your uh, kind of tidbits on Trayvon Hester. I haven't heard that much about him. It's more, I would think it's more about 
Adams than it is about Hester at this point. You know, Hester has a he has a history in the NFL, right? He has playing experience. He's kind of been a journeyman. And Adams, you know, he's one of those guys where last year it was no secret. The coaches, everyone was pointing to him saying, this is, you know, Adams really needs to step up in year two and, you know, be heard and be a force on that line. And he just really, really upset, you know, everyone. Like, he, he just did not come through. He didn't, yeah. And it's just one of those things where once you lose the coach's confidence, it's really hard to get it back. And if we're just looking for consistency, um, I just think, you know, it's tough. What, he's a third-round pick going into his third year? You know, if he ends up if he ends up making the squad, it wouldn't be a huge surprise. But you know, and again, I, I, as I started off, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to keep six on here. It just for me, didn't quite work out with what I think they're going to do. But I think Hester gets the nod over Adams. Plus, Adams has been dealing with a little bit of injury as of late, so maybe he starts a year on like a, on an injured list or something, and maybe he can come back if if he's placed on that initial fifty three, and then can come back. Who knows? All right, and uh, what about you, Bryce? Uh, maybe a big surprise. I've got four on the defensive line, even though I know that uh, the defensive line is a big concern. I'm going to fortify the other positional groups, and I look at Petten as a guy that's going to have the linebackers be more of those hybrid guys. You're going to have some outside linebackers, maybe like a Zadarius Smith or Rashawn Gary put his uh, hand in the dirt and uh, create some disruption there. But with the four, I've got Kenny Clark, Mr. Big Man. Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, and I've got Tyler Lancaster. In my pre-53, I did not have Lancaster on it initially. I actually had Trayvon Hester. Um, Lancaster's familiarity with the defense is the reason why I kept him. And I also could not put Montrevious Adams on here. I think being a Ted Thompson guy, Gutekunst has slowly transformed this team. Not saying that he doesn't want Ted Thompson guys in there, notably giving Kenny Clark a huge contract, but... Like Ken said, um, it's really hard to get coaches to almost have some sort of like redeeming sort of faith with a player that they were highly disappointed in. But I've got four, which could be a risk, but I'm hoping that uh, my gamble with uh, other positional groups fortifies the defense as a whole. Nice. I am on uh, Team Jer here with Clark, Lowry, Kiki, Lancaster, and Adam. So I think they go with with five. They give uh, Monty that, that you know, let him play out his contract, give him that last shot. It would not surprise me at all if he was cut in favor of Hester, but that's just how my, my list landed this time. Moving on, uh, we're going to go to the outside linebackers group. Jer, why don't you go ahead and head that one up? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, this was a curveball because I had mine just all linebackers listed together, so I really had to break it out into outside <laughs> linebackers and inside linebackers. So thanks for that, guys. It was really stressful. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but, you know, uh, not not too many surprises, I guess. The only one would be, so we got, uh, you know, Zedarius, Preston, Rashawn, Gary, and then I did have Tim Williams as my number four, and then Jonathan Garvin making it in as the uh, kind of fifth outside linebacker. I think what he what he did at Miami, and then I think what he's shown that he can do in camp and in, in limited, um, you know, what we've been able to see. I think he warrants that extra spot as that outside one of the outside speed rusher type guys. I think Tim Williams also has had a pretty good, as at least early on. I remember having a good camp. And, you know, compared to, what is it, the Randy G Gregory and Ramsey, um, you know, they I think they're practice squad type guys. Both of them, I think, had on my practice squad of 16. So that was my uh, five outside linebackers I had going in. 
Very nice. Bryce, how about you? And just to clarify, uh, you meant Greg Roberts and Randy Ramsey. Sorry, right? yeah, yeah, Greg, yeah, I don't know. Just okay. Yeah. I, and I'm with you on, uh, I just want to yeah, clarify. Yeah, I, um, and, I, and I'm and i with you. I have the same fives, Adarius Preston, Rashawn Gary, Garvin, and Tim Williams, too. Uh, Garvin and Williams have had a terrific camp so far. Uh, when we had Rob Domofsky on last week, he talked about how this year was not the year for undrafted free agent rookies. And so you're going to look at guys last year that were acquisitions or last year that were practice squad guys. Tim Williams being one of them that was an acquisition after the Ravens released him. I have an asterisk and that Randy Ramsey, I could see making this team uh, depending on if they put any sort of players on IR to start off or after the 53-man roster. I do not have them, but I have the five that Jer mentioned. And I will go ahead and kick it over to Ken next. All right. So I'm going to break tradition here with what you guys have done. I have four. Again, I really was trying to find a fifth spot and you know, I know I went heavy at offensive line. If there's a guy there that doesn't quite make it, I can really see uh, the edge position being a guy where they keep someone that you guys mentioned. But I've got both the Smith brothers, of course, Rashawn Gary and Jonathan Garvin, who just seems to be lighting it up as camp continues. Tim Williams, again, he's, you know, I, as I mentioned with like a John Lovett, feels like could be number 54, number 55 on this list. Would not be surprised in the least if he makes it. But for right now, I uh, he is off of what I think they're going to end up doing. All right. Yeah, my list didn't change at all from the first time around. I have uh, the Smiths. I have Gary, Williams, and Garvin. So I pretty much echo what Bryce and, and Jer said there. Uh, moving right along, let's go to the inside linebacker group. Bryce, we're going to have you kick that one off. Finally, you let me talk. <laughs> it's killing you, isn't it? <laughs> we love you, Bryce. No, it's good. It's it's refreshing. But with the inside linebacker position, so here's what I have. I have Kirksey, Kamal Martin, and Ty Summers making it. I have Oren Burks going on the IR to start off the, the season with the 53-man roster because I am going to unveil the the other player that gets picked. But here... I have a three plus one sort of deal with Kirksey, Martin, Summers, and Burke starting off on IR. Wow. Okay. So to clarify, okay. you you're thinking that they do f- like so Burks makes the initial fifty three, but then on day two gets bumped to the IR so he can come back. That's what you're hoping? No, because if he gets placed on IR right now, he doesn't count against the fifty three. Right. I was just clarifying because he had you know you said the, the plus one. So I didn't know if that meant like you were trying to hope to like stash them for maybe a midseason return. Okay, so you have three guys making the roster and then Burks is done for the year on IR. Well, to clarify, I thought that with the new COVID rules that if you place a guy on IR, they can come back after three weeks. Uh, I'm pretty sure the rules still say you have to you have to make it first, but then you can come back. It's just an earlier window. Like you can come back sooner and you can get three guys instead of two. I could be wrong though. I could absolutely be wrong. I need to reread that piece of the the new rules. But interesting. For sake of argument. Oh no, go ahead. Just for for sake of argument, then if if uh, what you're saying is correct, I would then have Burks be kept. Kirksey, Mart, Martin, Summers, and Burks. Then, if that's if that's the case, looks like we'll need to go to the judges to to clarify for next (laughs) week. So. All right. Well, all right. Ken, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your take then? Uh, I've got Kirksey, Martin. I do have Burks making it and then Ty Summers as well. 
man, it's really hard to keep uh, Kamal Martin out of the starting lineup right now. It seems like every everywhere you look on Twitter, if you're following Packers practices and these scrimmages that they're doing, Kamal Martin's everywhere. And I know, again, the reporters kind of have their lips sealed a little bit in terms of who's running with the ones and twos and stuff. But, you know, if you read between the lines and you see who Kamal Martin is tackling or who he almost sacks, it seems to be a lot of your typical first string names. And it does, you know, your second or third stringers. And sounds like, you know, I even saw that someone said of all the draft picks right now, he's looking like the best and not bad for a fifth round linebacker out of Minnesota coming off injury. So excited to see what he can do and what he can possibly become. Jer? Well, first, I'm just glad we're not playing a drinking game that involves a drink every time somebody says clarify, because I think we'd all be hammered. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I would definitely, for me, and you, you know, Ken, you just pretty much summed up why I have this like like I do. Kirksey and Kamal are pretty much a 1A, 1B for me, just because as good as Kamal has looked in camp and you know, I think everybody even said when he came out fifth round, if he was healthy, he would have been a second rounder, more than guaranteed a second rounder. So that says to me that, you know, we should almost be looking at him more with that in mind. But um, yeah, I think he's killed it throughout camp from day one. Uh, Oren Burks then makes it. I think he's definitely had, I want to say the best camp he's had, probably also probably the most healthy camp he's had. So that makes sense. Uh, and then Ty Summers, I guess, makes it as a I don't even want to call him making it as a, a linebacker, more just a special teams guy. But yeah, he he you know falls under that linebacker uh, moniker. So yeah, those are my four linebackers. Uh, see, the best part about going last for all these is you guys have already made all the all the important points. So I don't even have to say anything. I have the 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 same guys as everybody else: Kirksey, Burks, uh, Summers, and Martin making the fifty three. All right, going on. Uh, we're going to go ahead to the cornerback group. Jer, why don't you go ahead and start us off with that? Yeah, this was a an interesting one. Just pretty much for the last spot, I, I had I kept six guys: Jair, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Jackson, Kadar Holman, and then the last one. I think I was kind of going back and forth between KBN Ento. Seemed like he was uh, doing some good things. Stanford Samuels looks like he's doing pretty well as far as being an undrafted guy. And so I ended up going to Samuels based on the fact that pretty much you know Ento I think went out with an injury. I believe uh, earlier this week or last week. So. I think that was really the the barrier for me. I you know he's shown some good things in camp, uh, good backpedal. I think I saw the other day on video, and uh, so yeah, those are my six guys. I think the top four, top five are for me uh, seem kind of unchanged or or would be kind of a solid top five. So that that sixth guy, which you know I think could also end up turning out to be uh, Tremont Williams if they feel the need. Oh, nice, nice little Tremont action. All right, Ken, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm looking at mine. I've got the same six. That that sixth spot, you know, to what Jared was saying, really seemed to be the like most competitive spot of camp. Like who's gonna who's gonna come up and snatch that? Because there's a ton of young, talented guys back there. But I do have Sanford Samuels making it. You know, it's unfortunate that Ento got hurt. Sounds like he's probably gonna be done for the year on IR. But you know, Samuels has been one of those guys where his name has flashed. Um, I know he kind of got a bad rap for coming up slow in the in the combine workouts, but sounds like from every, what people have been saying at camp and at practice that he's he seems like a player. And you know, let's let's see what he can develop into in the future. But of all the young guys there, I think he's got the leg up. Nice, Bryce. What do you got for us? 
Yeah, I've got uh, Jair Alexander, Kevin King. I'm really excited to see Chandon Sullivan and see what he can do. You know, he played 30% of the snaps last year, see what he can do and and see what I feel can be that guy in the slot. I know he's a, he's a sexy pick. He's everyone's pick on to be a breakout this type of year, but he seems to have it. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. Kadar Holman is another guy that has a certain set of skills, very athletic, physical. I'm excited to see what he can do. Another late-round gem for Brian Gutekunst, six-round draft pick out of Toledo. Josh Jackson, and then depending on the Oren Burke situation, because on Sunday, he did not practice, and there really hasn't been any word on what his status is injury-wise. But with roster cutdowns set to be on Saturday, I'm really interested to see what happens with that. If Burks does go on IR, I do see Stanford Samuels the third being that 53rd pick for Brian Gutekunst rounding it out. But I have Burks making it initially, and so then I would have five cornerbacks all in all. Gotcha. Yeah, and I have uh, I have Jair, King, Sullivan, Jackson, uh, Holman, and Samuels. I'm actually most excited to see you know what Josh Jackson is going to do. I mean, he's he's kind of on his his last chances here in Green Bay, but it sounds like he's had a promising training camp. Uh, seemed to get kind of get burned a little bit in the early goings, but I haven't heard anything but really good things from that point on. So he's one of those guys I've kind of been rooting for. You know, the talent's in there somewhere. It's just a matter of getting him in the right position and seeing if if the, you know, the coach can bring it out of him. And again, I think Coach Gray is the one that that should be able to do that. And I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. So I do want to I do want to add with Sunday's practice with that, you know, real game-like atmosphere that they're, they're trying to do sure. uh, before cutdowns, Josh Jackson probably saved his worst practice for last oh, and uh, really struggled in Sunday's practice, uh, which is why I have him a little bit down uh, on uh, the positional group. But it, it's interesting to see you have a great camp and then I don't know if it has anything to do with it with if just simulation or if it just was an off day, but that's something that I wanted to note. Oh, good. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Now, moving on to our last and final defensive category, the safety group. Ken, why don't you go ahead and uh, lead us out with that? All right. The more, you know, before I get into safeties, I'm looking at my previous list and I'm realizing I didn't make a single change on defense oh. uh, from the pre-53 to now. Nice. Um, all my Sticking tweaks, with your guns. All of my tweaks, all of my, you know, you know, second guessing all came on the offensive side. But so sticking with my guns, I've got five at the safety position. Adrian Amos, the Swiss Army Knife, Darnell Savage. I'm real excited to see what he can do in year two. You know, if he can elevate his game, take it to the next level and really be used all over the field. Excited to see that. Raven Green, um, I know he's been injured as of late. He hasn't practiced the past couple of days as of uh, the Sunday practice. Hope, you know, from all accounts, it doesn't sound too serious. So I'm thinking he still probably makes the 53-man roster. Hopefully it's nothing long-term. Uh, we would really I'd really like to be able to see what he can do kind of as that hybrid kind of dime linebacker safety position that he's been able to fortify in the past been kind of a quiet camp but i still think will redmond makes the team he's a quality backup you know in the backfield he can also he's also a special teams do-it-all type of guy and i do have the seventh round pick vernon scott making the roster he flashed early in camp i don't know if i've seen his name too much lately but he seems to be a type of guy that could fill in that raven green type of role really well too um if if he ever needs to be called upon 
All right, Bryce. Yeah, I've I've got the same as well. Savage Amos Raven Green. That is peculiar to see what what's going on with Green. He was the the breakout prediction from last year, and unfortunately got hurt in, in training camp and preseason. Uh, but I do think he um, provides some really unique depth. See what he can do if he can stay healthy. Will Redman, like Ken mentioned, is this. He's really special when it comes to special teams, no pun intended. And uh, Vernon Scott as well. He's got an interesting set of versatility with how they can use him. He's got some legit speed uh, evidence in last year's game against Oklahoma where he had a pick six, 98 yards, did some primetime moves, a little Dion-esque. And uh, as you all know, uh, I... Deion Sanders, probably one of my favorite all-time football players, not wearing a, a Green Bay Packer jersey. But I have five safeties, and I'm Vernon Scott is that that sleeper pick. And with Garvin as well in the seventh round, you're looking at some really nice late round depth sleeper appeal with what Gutekunst done has done with that offensive line with the three uh, selections, and then Garvin as well as uh, Vernon Scott. But he's probably the most exciting sort of sleeper appeal type of person because I I think a lot of people aren't really talking enough about what Vernon Scott can bring to this team. Jer? Yeah, so I guess I'm the only one who doesn't like Will Redman, apparently. But um, I, <laughs> not that I don't <laughs> like the guy. But So I just had Amos, uh, Savage, Raven Green, who I think, you know, last year, Bryce mentioned it, was going for that breakout type of season. And I think really you could notice there was a palpable uh, difference when he was, you know, not able to be on the field, I think, after... Uh, I can't remember what week, but um, when he went out, it was it was a different defense, and I think he he allows, and hopefully again, you know, he doesn't have that same injury bug biting him again this year. But I think he allows Mike Pettin to do some different things, and then also Vernon Scott, I think, has really impressed me not only in camp, but like uh, Bryce was saying, in his you know his year at TC or his years at TCU. So those are my four right there. Gotcha. I have Amos Savage, Redman Green. I had a little question mark by by Raven Green just because again of his his injury. So I do think that Vernon Scott is right there behind him, kind of kind of waiting for the the moment to, to pop in. Hopefully Green will stay healthy and uh, you know, and get a full season in. I'd like to see him see what he can do. But yeah, those are those are my main four there. And then just to wrap things out here, anybody else have anything to, to add to the defense? I wanted to mention one thing with my thin approach at defensive line. I went with fortifying uh, safeties and and inside linebackers and outside linebackers. The one thing that I'm gravitating towards is what does Petten do, especially with everyone seeing the ascension of Rashawn Gary and does does Jonathan Garvin bring something? Does Tim Williams bring um, some experience? I know we were really excited when we, when we acquired him, but that outside linebacker position, I mean, compared to last year to this year, where we went from Nick Perry and Clay Matthews to two free agent signings, 12th overall pick, and now uh, an early season acquisition with Tim Williams and then a seventh round draft pick. You're looking at this position being possibly the deepest and best positional group on the Green Bay Packers. All right. I like it. Anybody else? I think for me, uh, you know, talk, not necessarily um, personnel, but for me, the you know, the acquisition of Jerry Gray as a defensive backs, I think that's going to be huge or hopefully it will be huge just based on his his experience, you know, not only Minnesota, but kind of his career to see what, you know, kind of steps Jair can take and Kevin King can take. And then, you know, even down the ladder, the, Josh Jackson, especially to see if he can kind of work some magic with him. I think, you know, from a coaching or addition standpoint outside of players, I think he's going to be a, a huge addition. And hopefully we see the uh, the positives show up in our defensive backfield. 
Awesome. You have anything else? You have anything else to say for yourself, Ken? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? No, um, you know, I'm looking at the roster, <laughs> and you know, one of the the old sayings is that each year you can kind of expect about one third of the roster to change over uh, from year to year. Looking at you know my particular 53 that I put together, it looks like it's more about one fourth. So it just shows that I think in this year with less preseason, less camp, less OTAs that I'm probably looking like they're going to be sticking with some more familiar faces and maybe what they have in the past, you know, going from about, you know, a third turnover to only about a fourth. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen and other fans, listeners and supporters thrilled to unveil our fourth annual, our new twist of the Unknown Packers podcast, 53-man roster prediction with 53 on tap. I'm your co-host, Bryce Christensen. I'm Nebels. I'm Ken Ingles. And I'm Jeremiah Wayman. And this is the Unknown Packers podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound refined. Follow the unknown. Don't forget the specialists. We love them too. I don't think there's any any question about those guys though.